This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. Free speech lives here. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT HD, WOGL HD3, Philadelphia, a radio.com station. Now, from the Malamut and Associates Law Studios, it's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your hosts for the next radio hour, the mortgage mom, Deanne Kitsera, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Classes, Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Good morning. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm Mark Cumberland with my co-host, the mortgage mom, Deanne Katsaris. How are you, Deanne? I'm doing great, Mark. How are you? I am very awake, very, very awake. Oh, gosh. And we're, we're every Sunday morning, 9 o'clock, here on Talk Radio 1210. You want to ask us a question about residential, commercial, mortgages, whatever, give us a call. My number is 267-266-5501. What's your number, Deanne? My number is 609-605-7153. And you can listen to this show and all the past shows at our webpage, goodnewsandrealestate.com, or at WPHT's website also. So it's coming up today, Deanne. Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have the market report. Yes. We have the business tips with Asking Dr. A. Yes. We had we, a good one last week. It was a good one. We also have Mark's funny story. I got one for you. Hoping that's a good one. We also have our mortgage mom topic. Which is what? Ways to win the bidding war in Philadelphia. That's a good one. I don't know if we have enough time for it, but we'll we'll get it in. Mark, we also right. have our questions. I have reason to believe that the seller's agent was not truthful about the opposing bids for the property. I'm suspicious. Next question is, I listed my house with an agent with the understanding that if one of the two friends buy my property, she would be compensated at 3%. Next question is, my agent said the first step in getting your home ready to sell is to depersonalize it. Why is that? That's a a good one. It is a good one. The next one is, what's the difference between black colored mold and black toxic mold? That's a good question, too. (laughs) I actually have experience with that one. Awesome. All right. So we're going to have some great answers to those questions. We also have our topic of the day. When selling your price is too high, beware. That's right. But Mark, first, give us your motivational quote. And the motivational quote is, sometimes we're tested not to show our weaknesses, but to discover our strengths. Nice. Mm, very philosophical. <laughs> it's On deep. Sunday morning, man. <laughs> I don't know. I think I should be warning our listeners today. If you're very, very awake and getting very deep, 
could be a very interesting show. <laughs> yeah, it could be. <laughs> so where are we at? Mark, we are up to the market report. And there is the bell. I love that bell, man. <laughs> so anyway, while May is typically the most robust buying activity month, since the virus started this year has pushed the peak back to August, according to a new Realtor.com report. Current growth in home sales, buyer demand, housing prices has surpassed year-ago levels. Of, sure, of course. You hear that? You listen to me? Of course. Uh, year-ago levels. Real estate activity in the U.S. has regained its strength, continues on an upward trajectory as we enter the middle of the summer. And, however, the sustained seller comeback still hinges on the back-to-school plans and the extended <laughs> lockdowns. But the housing market, in reality, is doing great and remains above pre-COVID levels for at least another 10 weeks to make up the lost activity in the second quarter. So as we head into the fall, an anticipated resurgent, they're worried about there could be a comeback, which I don't think there's going to be with this virus. But nevertheless, August is proving to be a productive month for real estate professionals who are helping their clients close deals. Homes are selling four days faster than a year ago. I would and think I, it's... Even, I don't know. We're getting back down to hours, I think. Yeah, I don't and think it, four days from last... I think well, it's we're more... four days faster... Well, last year was probably five. It was probably nine days. So, yeah, so it's four days faster. Okay. Which it, it makes sense to me. Median listing prices are 9.4% higher annually, which is most surprising of how the housing market has fared against the economic downturn. But the hurdles in the real estate market are being overcome. The biggest one is this limited inventory. The number of homes for sale is dwindling down by 35% annually. And that's because some people took their houses off in the market because of the virus. But plus, plus, for the last three years, we've been talking about lack of inventory. Yeah. But these conditions set the stage for further price gains ahead, a trend which eventually could cause buyers' demand to cool a little bit, but I doubt it. The West region of the United States continues to lead in the national housing recovery during the pandemic. The Northeast also registers, is registering a higher recovery rate pace, except for New York and New Jersey, where everybody's like packing their bags and running. <laughs> it's up to 500 a day moving out of, moving out of New York. Yeah, and the mayor's trying to take them out to dinner and buy them some drinks to keep them to stay. And there's 74 <laughs> billionaires in New York, and, and now we want to tax them. And I think a billionaire can afford to move across the river if, I, if I'm not wrong on that issue. But. <laughs> and then here's another interesting one. Real estate alert. Home flipping hits a 14-year high. So you would think with this low inventory and hardly any houses, how could that possibly be happening? But I remember back in 2003 when I was a rookie agent... <laughs> And just getting started. No, but in reality, I remember 2002, three, four, we were in a very tight seller's market and I did the most flips I ever did during that market. So that what that proves is no matter what's happening in the market, there's always opportunity. 
That's right. But That's a are, great point, we, Mark. We are at a 14-year high in ha flipping houses. That's a that's an interesting statistic. Newly released first quarter to 2020 U.S. house flipping reports show that 53,705 single-family homes and condominiums in the United States were flipped in the first quarter of the year. The number represents, represents a 7.5% of all home sales in the nation during that quarter, up 6.3% from the fourth quarter of 19, 19 right. and 7.3% of the first quarter of last year. Though the, they're the highest numbers, those are the highest numbers since the second quarter of 2006. That's a, you gotta really think about that. Now we're, there's 3,400 homes for sale in Philadelphia at a 676,000 and flipping is at a 14 year high. Now, how does that work? I'll tell you how that works. No matter what's happening, there's always opportunity in real estate. You just got to look, find it. There's always somebody looking to cut that deal. And they're knocking on doors now as well. People are knocking on doors saying, hey, you want to sell? And they're paying cash. They're flipping the house. And that's why the rent's going up as well. It's a one for one. I'm telling you, it's a great market. I, I got plenty of students getting in my classes and I tell them like this kind of stuff and they're like, really, really, really? You think they would do a, like a little Google search like latest real estate market, you know, <laughs> but they don't, they don't, they just, I'm going to get a license. That's it. <laughs> but anyway, gross profits from flips across the country rose over the same time period up $62,000. That was slightly up from 62,000 in the fourth quarter of 19 and from 60,000 in the first quarter of last year. That's profit. So, I mean, with all the things going on, real estate is booming. And you have to realize when, when people are doing these flips, you also have all the Home Depots, all the Lowe's, all the laborers, everybody that goes along with it. It's a trickle down effect. So it's in, in essence, it's definitely helping the economy. Yeah, everybody, you gotta buy the materials. I'm doing. I, my son's re, just redid my studio. He's redid, re, just redid my deck. Now I got him doing my bar. I mean, I gotta send you. Gotta send him over. <laughs> I'm sorry, he's busy. <laughs> All right. So well, tell us about the rates. Tell me about of the rates. Great rates. Thirty-year fixed rate, two point seven five percent. Your fifteen-year, two point six two five percent. Your thirty-year FHA loan, two point six two. Five percent, two point six two five percent. Now you got to realize somebody doing a cash out refinance with it, with let's just call it fifteen percent on a credit card. Fifteen percent on a credit card, cash out refi, at a two point seven five percent. The savings is is amazing. Somebody called me today, and we happened to start talking about this. And they refied your 30 to a 15 and the payment's still the same. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But you know who I haven't heard from f since last week? The greatest accountant in the world. Oh, my God. All right, Our come friend, on. Get Mr. It. Don Devlin. We got to go to commercial. You were supposed to call me. <laughs> I have not heard from him because I want to refi. Come on, wrap so it with, up. All right, all right, all right, all right. So with that, you were listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210. All positive, all the time, we'll be right back.
On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more after the break and this message from Debt-Free Living. Learn more at wehatedebt.com. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. So, Deanne, where are we at, Deanne? Mark, we are up to our funny story. <laughs> All right, so I got one for you, right? So this couple move into this new house, and they're there, and one day the mother has to go out, and she's going to leave the little daughter with the father to watch. And she's maybe like two, two and a half years old, and she had some kind of little accident, so that's why she wanted... Uh, the dad to watch her so someone had given the girl a little tea set as a get well gift as a favor or toy so dad's in the living room and grows he's watching the news or whatever and she brings in a little cup of tea with water in it you know acting like she's doing a tea party after several couple of teas and lots of praise and such yummy tea the mom comes home and dad made the wife he goes watch this and dad made the wife wait in the living room watch her bring in another cup of tea and he, he goes, man, ain't this the cutest thing? And the mom waited, and sure enough, here comes the girl down the hall again with another cup of tea, and she watches him drink it again. And after a moment or two, at the mother, as only mothers would know, she says to him, did it ever occur to you that the only place she can reach to get water is the toilet? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I thought that was a good one. terrible. <laughs> I thought that was a good one. Oh, man. my God. <laughs> If you have a funny story you'd like to hear on our show, send it to 8029 at Comcast.net or give us a call at 267-266-5501. And next, now it is time for the Mortgage Mom segment with the Mortgage Mom, Deanne Katsaris from Green Tree Mortgage. Going to solve all your problems. And her topic today is ways to win the bidding war for a house in Philadelphia. Oh, was that close? Yeah, it's great. Great. <laughs> no, that wasn't exactly it, was it? It wasn't exactly it, but... What was it? Is it ever yeah, ways to win the bidding war? Right, I got that part. Yep, good. You just All embellished right. a little bit, but that's okay. Oh, All right. Um, <laughs> so we have a client that's been searching across Philadelphia for a house with, you know, some outdoor space for her family, um, of four since early June. And when they first started looking, they could put in a zip code and literally no homes were for sale. And a lawyer with two young sons who is choosing home ownership over renewing a pricey Germantown apartment lease. So it's, are they going to buy or are they going to do an apartment? So now she can find houses, but they're selling quickly. And she fell in love with one in West Philadelphia and it went on the market on a Thursday in June and she walked through it on Saturday. And she made it, she contacted her listing agent on Sunday to make an offer. And the seller had accepted one of several other offers. So she was on the list and asked the agent, you know, why bother seeing these these properties if they already had 11 offers? And she's made bids on a few houses and every single one of them basically went to other offers. So everything's a bidding war. The joke was make an offer before you make a showing appointment and see how it works out. So the number of single family houses listed for sale in Philadelphia 
fell in June to the lowest amount in nearly 20 years, as you were saying, um, that a local multiple listing service is keeping track of. Now, I've had several, I, I mean, I can't even, it's way more than several. I've probably been dealing with the same 15 clients that have been putting offer after offer after offer and constantly getting outbidded and constantly going 10, 15, sometimes even 20,000 over the asking price. And, you know, I, I sat down and had to realize, like, they, there has to be a point where it's just not about the money. I know that sounds crazy. People are probably laughing, but sometimes we're talking about a home that people are looking to live in for, let's say, 15, 20 years, especially now with these low interest rates. And it's a home. It's not just a commission. So we wanted to take a look at the family, wanted to take a look at the process and try to streamline it directly to the sellers. So, right. Mark, you've always talked about, you know, writing a letter, pulling on the heartstrings, but they've taken right. it a little bit further. And a lot of the agents now are actually sending pictures of the family, letting them know what their intentions are, what their goals are, why they want to live in this house, you know, why the school district's important, why is this important, and letting them know as a seller why they chose this house and why... It, they need to be in here and start their family or build their family and make memories in this home. And it's actually been working because a lot of times the agents will call and they'll say, we just received a pre-approval from your buyer. I'll tell them how strong the buyer is. I'll tell them I have their W-2s. I have their pay stubs. You know, they're ready to go. We could possibly close in less than 30 days. And that's all well and good. But when I make the phone call to the agent before they call me and I tell them, hey, I just want to let you know the Cumberlands just put an offer in on this house. I've been working with them for the last three months. They are so excited over this home. And I tell them why the backyard is perfect for the dog to run around and just personalize it a little bit. No doubt. It, it seems that the listing agent says, you know what? I'm, I'm really grateful that you went that extra step and told me a little bit about the family and what they're doing and what they're looking for and why it's so important. Because sometimes that can be more important than five, six, seven thousand dollars to the seller. It's Knowing, not always. It's not always about the money. And, well, and right agent, now it is. I, I got to be honest what? with you. Right now it well, is. It is in a little bit. Actually, I'm going to talk a little bit about that in my topic today. But I always believed, and I've had, I've had buyers that won bids that somebody overbid them by like 20 grand but the family that was selling wanted my family to have their house right because it was personal they saw them like my, like the convent my house they when i bought the convent well off, we know why you bought the convent no for but all the I prayers Oh, well, that helped. <laughs> but when I bought the convent off the guy that bought the the house, the convent off the church. Right. Like, they invited us to their going away party where all the neighbors came. Did they like really? They, they want, yeah. They And then, besides, and that was the week before we settled, they invited us to that party. So we got to meet all their kids, all the neighbors. And then, after we settled, we got to the house and they left us a bottle of champagne with a real long letter 
telling us how much fun they had living in the convent all those years. They wanted us to have that house. Right. It wasn't about the money. It's, and it's not always about them. And all them things, them things that you're talking about, these agents that we're getting are always stuck in the 80% and just running out and write deals and smitten, write deals. They're, they're losing because they're not making it personal. If, you, if I would actually suggest to my buyer, if they really want the house, and this is not against the law, tell the buyer, ride back over to the house by yourself and knock on the door and have a conversation with the sellers and tell them, listen, we really love your house. And, and just please take an extra look at our deal because we can picture raising our family in your house. That's your a great house, idea. Nobody's house, doing that. Nobody's your house doing that. seems like home to me. And I'm telling you, that could be worth 10 grand, 20 grand. Because it's not always about the money. Some of these people are selling these houses, they're paid off. And, and if they did something like that for a family, that's karma, man. That comes back around. When I had my house, you, if, no, if, you're I, if I was if I was running around with buyers right now, and I was in that situation, I'd be doing that. You're right. I'd, I'd be I'd be telling them to stop by. I did it one time, and they my buyers went over with flowers, and they gave it to the woman, and some investor wanted the place, and he outbid us by like twenty or twenty five grand, and. They gave her flowers and a handwritten note, and she invited them in, and she took their offer. And he was, the other guy was bent out of shape. I'm sure. Was accusing me of doing something unethical. But you're right. You you got to think outside the box now, man. Like, the competition is that hard, that, that strong. When my house was on the market, I was outside on the back patio. Chasing them away. Chasing them away. <laughs> And this woman just walked into the backyard. Yeah. I'm like, can I help you? She says, oh, I just wanted to see the backyard. I know your house is for sale. Now, my first reaction was, how rude. You know, I thought that was really rude that she just walked into my backyard without asking. But then I started talking to her and she said, I really just wanted to have an opportunity to introduce myself and meet you so that I could tell you a little bit about my family. I'm like, I'm not selling, get out. But yeah, you know but what, it was, though? It what's, was a good opportunity. What, I mean, it was. Rule no, what's rule number one? If you don't ask, the answer. The answer is no. No, exactly. Yep. She was smart to do that. She was. Unfortunately, you Just had sellers remorse person. and weren't selling. <laughs> I was going to sell, but I'm not selling no more. All right. Well, let's end you that. You want to so... take a dip in the pool while you're here? <laughs> All right. So next is going to be our question and answer segment. All right. Very good. All right, so with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. All positive all the time, and now we know everything about Miss Katsaris. <laughs> we'll be right back. Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. But first, a word from one of our home team partners, Remax, and Alan Stassen, who's famous for being a Philadelphia real estate expert. Welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. All positive all the time, and we are very positive today, Miss Cat Cyrus. So, where are we at? Yes, Mr. Cumberland, we are up to 
our question and answer segment. And we have some good questions here. Yeah, we got some tough questions here. So what's the All first right, question one? number one? I have reason to believe that the seller's agent was not truthful Uh-oh. about the opposing bids for a property. I'm suspicious. I think he up. made up bids to drive the price up that I have. He made it up so that we would drive the price up. I eventually offered. Do I have the right to demand proof of the opposing bids? There is a document that not many agents use that you can submit and it's everybody's supposed to put down what their offer was, but I don't think it's required. They can't make you do it by law. But if you think something's wrong and your antennas are up, you're probably right. You got to trust your gut. And if this guy's doing something fishy, I'd be calling my broker and uh, his broker and asking, I want to know what all the other offers are. Or I'm going to the real estate commission and you'll get an answer. That's what I would do. Or you could just go knock on the seller's door. No. (laughs) Yeah. And you can do that too. Can you, You can can you knock on the seller's door and ask what they've been offered? Like, why is it a big secret? It's America. You can do whatever you want. Uh, It's not against the law for a buyer to go knock on a seller's door and ask them, you know, we put an offer on your house and we thought it was pretty high and we didn't win. We're just curious. Like, we really loved your house. Like, what did you take? And, And I'll tell you what, I wouldn't be shocked. There's some unethical agents that they say, I didn't see that offer. And then you got a problem. All right. Next question. Can a broker? That would bug me. My antennas would be up if somebody told me. Can a broker sign an exclusive buyer representation agreement with a buyer when that broker is representing the seller as a dual agent? Isn't that a conflict of interest? Well, they wouldn't be signing an exclusive buyer representation agreement. They'd be signing a dual agency agreement. So... And dual agency, some brokers don't like it because they don't think an agent can be completely fair with both parties. But I think that's bull. I think that's BS because I've done this my whole career. And there is a way to be fair. And I'll give you a fast example. House is 100 grand. Seller's got it listed with me. I'm the listing agent. Buyer comes to me is the whole point of being a listing agent is to sell the house, correct? Buyer calls me. My phone number's on a sign. He says, what do you think the buyer will take? I said, well, he's got it listed for 100000 He goes, yeah, but you know what I'll take. I said, no, I don't. I said, he's got it listed for 100000 What do you want to offer? And then he says, I'll offer ninety. I said, fine. I'll present it. And I go to the seller. I said, here's an offer of ninety grand. Oh, I'm not taking ninety grand. Uh... Well, what would you be willing to do? I want 100. So then I go back. I tell the guy, he says, no, he wants full price. So I say to the guy, why don't you offer him 110 and maybe with seller assist or 105 or whatever, and you'll and put another offer in. You can be fair with two people if you have ethics. You can't teach no. ethics. Like the real estate commission tells me, I own a real estate school that I have to teach ethics. But I'm telling you, you either have ethics or you don't. And if a broker said to me, 
and there's brokers that do this said we don't do dual agency in our office i'd say nice meeting you right it was nice meeting right. you i'll see you later Be because most sellers and buyers like it when i'm in the middle because they know i'm going to make this deal happen and they're both going to be happy and i'm not going to do nothing underhanded because it's not about the money i'm going to put my license on the line my real estate school my radio show, my whole career for Agreed. a couple of grand. You're right. I'm not doing nothing. I'm not doing nothing illegal. I'm going to be fair with everybody. So I don't know if I answered that <laughs> question did. or not. All right. Question yes. number three. I listed my house with an agent with the understanding that if one of the two friends buys my property, she would be compensated at 3% commission. One of my friends has made an offer. When my agent sent me the estimated payout for the transaction, she put her commission at 6%. Her explanation is that the original deal was only good until she listed the house in the MLS. Is this ethical or legal? Mm, that's God. just greed. Well, it's not. Pigs get slaughtered. Greed. It's unethical. She, yeah, yeah, this is rule number two. Rule number one is if you don't ask, the answer is no. Rule number two is little pigs get fed, big pigs get slaughtered. Exactly. Now, she agreed to be in the middle of the deal, be a transactional agent, get, take a 3% commission for doing the paperwork, and then she whips it up to 6%. I mean, that's all agreed. she's doing is, is no. the paperwork. That's all she she's doing. She didn't find the buyer, yeah, she's didn't a have to show the house. Agent. That's right. And technically, right. she's the dual agent. So now she just she she just violated both her uh, fiduciary duty on both sides. All right. Question number four. My agent said the first step in getting your home ready to sell is to depersonalize it. Why? Oh, that's so hard. This is a good one. <laughs> uh, especially for Miss Cassaris. Deanne, like you're moving. I I noticed you haven't taken one picture down. <laughs> Of all your friends and family. <laughs> now, what it means is you want to try to make this house look like, you know, when these people walk through the door, they can envision their living family there, living there. Not you living there. Yeah. Like if they went through my house, you know, are, uh, are all the drums and the <laughs> amp suppliers going to be set up? This is where you keep your guitars. Right. <laughs> you know, no, you want to make it look like so they can visualize what it's going to look like. It don't have to be empty, but I mean, you don't need the whole walls covered with family pictures and you depersonalize it so they can then visualize. I just put like mortgage it. mom mugs and, you know, pens and notepads yeah. all throughout yeah, the house, you, didn't want you know, to just sell. so in case somebody <laughs> needed a mortgage when they went to go buy another house other than mine, we were still in good shape. But that's why you do it. All right, this, here's the last What question. is the difference between black colored mold and black toxic mold? Now, I have some experience with this, but every house has mold. I don't care if it's brand new construction. There's mold in every house. And I'm going to try to do this quick. But just because it looks black doesn't mean it's toxic now no mold is like good for you people that are sensitive to it like i walk in a room with a lot of mold I, my tip of my tongue uh, tingles like i had a bad <laughs> oyster 
I, I swear to God, I can pick it up. But like black toxics molds, a whole different ball game. I rented an office one time up in Washington Crossing and the people that had it before me did not disclose that they had black toxic mold. And my receptionist oh my almost God. went blind. That, uh, it's really bad. But the usual mold in your house is black. And you can kill it with bleach, uh, Lysol, uh, dishwashing liquid, uh, vinegar. Most of the time you can kill mold and then you can paint it. Black toxic mold is some a different ball game. That can that can get into your bloodstream, affect your brain, your vision. That's something different. So this this is why some people get all worked up about mold. It's scary. People don't there's know about it. In every house. There's there's mold in every house. But ninety percent of the time it's gonna be regular mold. Cause it was damp. And like what we had like sixty four inches of rain last year. You're going to have some mold, but black toxic mold's a different ball game. And if you got that, you're going to start feeling sick and you're going to have, and you can have Yeah, there can be serious problems, problems that damage. are irreversible. It could get into your blood and it's not always black. Black toxic mold can look black and green. It might even be green. It's weird. It has a name, a, a, a medical Stack-a-boy-trias trumberin. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, give it a shot. Stackaboria tries yeah. the shot at Totem. Same thing. Same thing. But anyway, <laughs> it, it's highly toxic, and but the majority of mold in houses is not that. All so. right, that was a good explanation, Mark. All right, so I coming tried. up next will be our topic of the day. When your selling price is too high, beware. All right. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WBHD. All positive all the time. We'll be right back. Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at mortgagemom.net. Hi, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on 1210 WPHT, all positive, all the time. There are some good questions today, Miss Scott Sanders. There were, Mr. Cumberland. Very good, very good, very good. So where are we at? <laughs> we're up to our topic of the day. Which and is? that is when, you're, when your selling price is too high, beware. So that kind of falls in line with what our questions are. Yeah, what well, we were talking about a little bit. Meeting with your realtor in the beginning. So when you decided to sell your home, you had a fairly good idea of what you thought it was worth. Being a sensible home seller, you schedule an appointment, suggest you meet with a couple listing agents. Most buyers, statistically, just so the audience knows, hires the first agent they ever meet on the buyer side. First one with a pulse. Most sellers hire within two. I suggest you interview with two or three agents on, on the selling side. So maybe you've been hearing from an agent. If you got a good agent, they call you three or four times a year and keep you informed on the real estate market. But most of them don't. They send you calendars and eagle schedules and stuff like that. So anyway, you pick a, a, an agent, a couple of these agents. Amazingly, a couple of agents come up with prices that are a little lower than you expected. 
like you're expecting something different and they all show up with the same thing some fancy little folder with their name and their company on it and and inside are the comps the competitive market analysis on fancy paper and they all recommend a specific sales price amazingly a couple of them have prices that are lower than you expected although they may back up their recommendations with recent sales data of similar homes you remain confident convinced your house is worth more so when you interview a third agent he comes in or she comes in and they're much in line with what you thought your house was worth even though you're not sure because you don't have access to all this data on the mls you're right. guessing so maybe even higher and suddenly you're all excited and happy because he's got this high number that you had in your head in reality that's not the right number you're overpriced but you don't know that that is what's called buying a listing agents do this now they know you're overpriced maybe you're 30 40 grand overpriced but this realtor said agrees with you and says yeah and then you sign a listing contract and you're going to work with this agent now this agent that cares more about putting the most money in your pocket is the agent that's willing to start out at the price and then what he's going to try to do is beat you down gradually till you get to that price where you're at the right price and then it sells but you should have did that the first time right but but you had it in your head i've run into this so many times where people just thought their house was worth because some neighbor told them or they uncle harry heard or whatever after an emotion goes in there too i mean they pump yeah. it up a little and bit when you add emotion house. on there yeah i raised my son here yeah and i did this and i did that and you know yeah great you know and then big deal and then some i've had them and then finally i have a heart to heart with him i said you know, I why well, put that giant bar in the in the basement and and I did all that and I said, Did you have a good time? Did you have fun? <laughs> did you enjoy it? Yeah, we had a great time. Well, you got your money's worth. But here's where you should be priced realistically. Because there's a lot of agents, and I know some personally that do this, and I don't think it's ethical, but they do it. They bought the listing by going along with you at this really high price. And then they get the extra big sign gets on your lawn, too. And they say, you know what? For you, I'm going to put an extra big <laughs> sign on your lawn. And now you got this giant sign you could put on on 95 on your lawn with his phone number. And then everybody starts calling their office and they get all these buyers. And he uses you as a marketing tool so that's what's called buying a listing there's basically two reasons a well-meaning hard-working agent can feel pressure from homeowners that inflate the perception of what their homes worth but on the other hand there are agents who engage in this sales practice routinely just because they want the listing in this market if you put a house on the market that's priced right and shows right it's going to be sold in a week days could even be hours why not absolutely do, why not just do that and, and what are you going to try to get an extra 10 grand or something we're appreciating nationwide at eight nine 
8.9%. In some neighborhoods, there could, if this is in Fishtown, we're appreciating probably at 15%. Yeah, maybe even a little more. Yeah, so I mean, and wherever you're going, they're appreciating. So in the end, just price it right. You know, you go crazy. I, I, I actually had a question. Somebody called and... Uh, did a question to me on Facebook on our real estate Facebook page that they've been through five agents and their house has not sold. And this is what came to mind. I said, because you're, you are probably not, you have it in your head. It's worth this amount of money, but it's not. And that's why you keep going through these agents. You're overpriced. It's you. It's not the agent. He went through five agents so that's insane so the bottom line is you want to price this right and don't it's like, also not a market i mean i know you're talking about pricing the house but it's also not a market where seller concessions are in play either well they can be if if with the appreciation and they're not it's according to how they're listed it's according to who the agent is i guarantee well, and you, it depends if, again I, I guarantee you right now if i had a buyer running around I could get seller assist because I'm good enough to put a contract together to make it work. Because I would look at the comps, I would look at the, I would look at the actives, the all the solds for the last year, all the comps, and I would find a way to wiggle and split the baby and get my buyers seller assist and make the seller happy too. There's ways to do it if you have a good agent. And with okay. that, <laughs> that's all I have to say about all that. Right. <laughs> That'll be another discussion because I'm not on board with the wholesaler concession. I'm telling it's you, really, I can pull it off. Really I can pull it off. All right. All right. All right. So we're up to our segment with Dr. A, and it's the desire to be with others in a COVID environment. Very good topic. Doctor, are you there? I most certainly am. Mark and Dan, are you there? Yeah, we are here. We are, we are. And we have a very high desire to be with other people. <laughs> I'm well, actually looking for the speakeasy bar. <laughs> speakeasy bar? We're not going there. All uh, right. Anyhow, um, what it's, we were going to talk about adults this time. We're going to talk about kids next time. So let's, right. let's talk about adults because, I mean, with, with your D's in your eyes, they, they want to be with other people. They, because what happens with the D's and I's have this external interest okay they want to be with other people they want to be in an environment in an active environment all right with the d's they want to be in control of an active environment they like competition they like the challenge with the eyes they just want to have an opportunity to interact and talk with others that's why in this COVID environment you see all these all these people that want to have these social you know these socials these 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 uh you know friday like you know wine get-togethers where people bring their own wine and sit behind the computer and they do a zoom or they do go to meeting or some other technology yeah. those are your because they they can't they they have to be with somebody else so 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 they look forward to that uh the d's are fine with that too because then they can talk about what's going on and they can you know they can they can share what their successes are or what some of their frustrations are with with with, with things that aren't going well you know depending on the friendship level you know and the trust level of the people on the call all right what happens with the s's 
and and the C's, the, the S's are okay with it, but don't expect them to be interacting a lot because that's no. not typically what they do. And right. and and with, you're going to be able to see them, but you're not going to be, really be able to experience them because, as we know, the technology doesn't allow for the emotionality. It doesn't allow for for Body what happens, language. you know, when you're face to face. That's right. That's right. You can get some of the body language, but only facial expressions, typically, you know, right. um, and or maybe if there's somebody like me or you where we talk with our hands, you know, they come into they come into play. But but typically that's not the case with your S. So so you're going to be missing something and then the C's are going to resist it. You know, they, they you know, yeah, they're, the computer they're the ones that turn the video collection. off. They're the ones that that's turn right. the video off. You got yeah. it. They're, you know, they don't want to show you what, you know, what they're like. And if they're a woman, then they use an excuse. I just didn't put makeup on today. But that's not the real reason. The real reason is it's none of your business what I look like, you know. And, right. you know, I'll, I'll be here because I want to be part of and the team. But this ain't my thing. Right. And then different personalities handle this different. And the other, and not to be a downer, but, like, you know, across the country, there's a lot of, like, uh, psychological things going on, like suicide rates and because people yeah. are, are been this we're up to what like 160 days of being in the house. I mean, not you're not supposed to be going out, staying in your same little small circle. It's having an effect on everybody. Like you exactly. know, like and me business wise, I'm tell, I, I told I mentioned a few weeks ago when we were talking about this a little bit. My first two weeks were brutal. I was in like a really miserable mood, and then then I got like kind of out of it. And it started to focus on how to take over Pennsylvania. And that got me out of that little slump I was in. But, right. like, uh, but I, you know, you're right, Doc. All these people want to go away to, for vacations now. So so I I had properties in Hilton Head. Hilton Head is booming right now. You know, you have all these resort areas that are booming right now, you know, because people just have to get out. They're tired of cabin fever. They're, they're tired of being inside. It's going to be interesting to see what happens when school starts back uh, for, for the adults because they have jobs, but now all of a sudden there's going to be additional responsibilities, you know, with their kids. So in addition to being frustrated right. or upset that they can't interact with others and they can't get out, you know, and if they're a salesperson, they can't get out and, you know, it, 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 it's less likely to get out and interact with others. Now all of a sudden they're going to have responsibility of teaching their kids and, trying to do the balancing act of and we're going to talk about at the same time and we're going to talk about the kid thing part next week so tell everybody yeah. how to get a hold of you it's real easy just go to our website www.ablesonabelson.net okay right, and, and click on the contact or contact me directly ablesson at ablesson.net and when you're doing that let me know that you've been watching the show because that's the only right. way i know that you're calling me because of mark and deanne all right, very good. Awesome. All right. Thank you. And if and if you have any questions, you can email them to Mark at 8029 at Comcast.net or give them a call at 267-266-5501. So you can also email me at Deanne Katsaris at Comcast.net or give me a call at 609-605-7153. And I always remember that number. <laughs> a special thanks to all of our listeners and sponsors for keeping us on the air for 11 years. And here at Talk Radio 1210, we hope to keep you on every Sunday morning. And you can listen to this show at our website, goodnewsandrealestate.com. So with that, have a great week. I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage mom. You can listen to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. All, all positive, positive. All, all the time. All the time.
Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded. When we make a profit, you see it. Better rates, fewer fees, and we give back to the community all the things that you want from a financial institution. Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours.